On October 7, 2023, the nation of Israel experienced one of the greatest and most difficult times of its life. There's a war going on right now. U.S. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin is reinforcing U.S. support for Israel. Israel is facing pressure tonight from some of its closest allies. Gaza is the biggest terror base ever built by mankind. Hostilities have broken out between Israel and Palestine and the tensions that had been gathering steam over the course of the last several weeks. I'm blessed to have my very dear cousin, Or Nasa, join me on this podcast. Survivor massacred by this terrorist organization, Or found a way to survive. We want to hear from you. The party was amazing. Everybody is just loving each other. Everybody knows everybody. I'm 23. Most of the people who were there, they were at my age. I saw people that I haven't seen for like, I think three years. And we just all been together in some kind of a peace and union. And then started to hear a lot of uh, shouting and a lot of uh, a boom sounds. We look over our head and we saw tons of bombs just shooting right at us. We normalize it that missiles are shooting at us, but like nobody thought there is a leak of suicidal terrorists that are coming inside of Israel. Terrified faces, people took it really bad, had a panic attack. I was in the minivan and we were terrified. We couldn't imagine that something like this is happening. Everybody is screaming inside the minivan. We just couldn't look up the driver. We just shouted at him, just go drive as fast as you can. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a special episode of Overtime with Nav. Uh, as always, I'm your host, Navid Rahimian, CPA. Today, I join you on a more somber note, a very difficult time for a lot of people in this world. Many people in this world uh, wanted to take a minute and uh, share a very quickly uh, kind of what's transpired in my side of the world and, and, and things that have happened to, to us thus far and um, and take it from there. On October 7th, 2023, um, the nation of Israel experienced what was what is now known as one of the greatest and most difficult times of its life. Uh, the October 7th, 2023 massacre by the Hamas, te Hamas terrorist organization transpired, now killing over 1,400 Israelis much of which um, were young children, young kids, you know, terrible, terrible circumstances that happened. Uh, we don't need to go through everything in detail. Our intention here today is really to try to go for truth. The reality is that social media has its own intentions and a lot of people and there's a lot of propaganda out there. And what we want to do is bring truth to the, to the masses and, uh, you know, speak to someone who maybe has more of a laser sense and eye of what transpired. I'm blessed and I'm very thankful to God to have, be, have the opportunity on this day after those events to have my very dear cousin, Or Nasa, join me on this podcast. Or Nasa is a survivor of the Nova Festival of what was with, what was deemed to known as over 200 plus 
children, kids who were at a festival enjoying life, massacred by this terrorist organization or found a way to survive. And we are here today or listening all ears. We want to hear from you. Um, thank you for joining us. And I know this is not easy at all for you, uh, but we appreciate you and you recognizing that it's important that the world knows. And we really look forward to hearing from you. Thank you for joining us, Or. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to do so. No, it, it's really our pleasure. And we're so happy you're here with us to share some of the stories. Um, so we really know what's going on. Uh, or are you, so or is currently in Israel for those for those uh you know for our guests here or is sitting in Israel in what city currently in Petah Tikva in Petah Tikva and uh one of near Tel Aviv near Tel Aviv I'm sitting in Los Angeles we're, these are one of the only virtual podcasts that we're going to have um but I'm happy uh, even though it's virtual I think uh, it's going to be very tangible and um, hopefully for our audience, uh, you know, something to take away with. Or if you don't mind, and, and if it's not too difficult for you, walk me through, maybe start from the beginning of the festival of when you arrived there. And, you know, what was your plans with your, I, I understand you had a several group of your friends. What were your plans as you were approaching this festival? I mean, what was this festival about? Tell us about this noble festival. First of all, I just wanted to say that I'm sorry for my English. If it's like not going that well, maybe I will struggle a bit, but we'll get through it. Hopefully I could manage, I would manage to give you just a sense of, uh, what happened there and, uh, like when I wanted to start, I just wanted to say that when we wanted to go to this festival it is one of the biggest festival in Israel right now. The producers of this event are very famous producers in Israel. It's like a very famous festival, the Nova festival. It happens something like twice or three times a year. And uh, it's one of uh, the biggest things we have here in the music festivals in Israel overall, not just in the trance kind of music. Okay. Um, for me, my experience was that I was with my friends uh, we decided to go to this event. I actually bought a ticket four months ago. Uh, we knew that we would all meet up in this, in this party. I was just on my trip after the army in uh, in South America and uh, we actually like met so many people and we all convinced everybody just that we see each other in that party. And so for my age, most of the people who were there, they were at my age and most and a lot of people were in the in their big trip in the big trip after the army came to this party. So it's like your boy. I'm 23. 23. Okay. Something like that, the twenties. Okay. So when we got to the party, we know, we knew that we're going to meet so many people and we're going to see so many familiar faces and friends. And when I came to the party, I came with the group that I was in. In South America, a lot of people that I knew, uh, a lot of my friends, we came together as a group, something like, I think between 20 to 30 people. Um, we drove from here, from Petah Tikwa. We made a bus 
we had a driver who took us. It was like 12 and a half a.m., something like that, like in the middle of the night. Uh, we just started driving there. We went there. We got there. It was a very big festival. There is tons of people. It was like almost you couldn't get in because of the people. And we just got there. We set up our uh, place. We put some mattresses, you know, some blankets, some pillows, water, jerry cans, all, all the stuff we could get, we could bring. We brought, and uh, like you're moving through the through the through this place that the uh, party bill, and uh, it's like you're meeting everyone there. You're meeting so many people that you haven't seen for a lot of time, and so many friends. And the party was amazing. The party was like one of the best parties I ever been. It was like everybody is just loving each other. Everybody knows everybody. I saw people that I haven't seen for like, I think three years or so, or maybe more. And we just all been together in some kind of a peace and union. And this music, this kind of music is not just for saying it's, really a music of love and peace and and freedom and we all just partied together there were a lot a lot of beautiful faces we call it a lot of people that we know and love and then uh, right after the sunset the sunrise sorry and it started to feel a bit strange we started to hear a lot of uh, shouting and a lot of uh, a boom sounds. We just look all like we look over our head and we saw tons of bombs just shooting right at us and right above us, like to the center of the country. And like at the beginning, there was no such panic as we we would have thought of because everybody just said we're on the strip of Gaza. We know that some of those things happen. Not that it's okay, but some of those things happen. So we thought, okay, we're safe. We're okay. Nothing going to happen. And then someone in a title, if I may. So in that, it's really an important point that I think, you know, I'd love for you to tell the audience because you guys see missiles in the air and coming towards you. And it's so normalized that you guys don't panic. For anyone else in the world, you have to understand when you see a missile in the air, people are panicking. And I, I, I hear this from you, and it's not the first time I hear it for citizens of Israel. It's so normalized for you guys. You guys refuse to go, and you guys just go on with the, with the rest of your day. Now, when the red alerts come, generally there's a protocol. Can you educate us what that protocol Did the red alert sirens come out at that time? Actually, there was no red alerts because we were in on fields there we were in an open space that the party has taken place of there we just couldn't hear any sirens or any alarms and it's i know it's unnormal that we normalize it that missiles are shooting at us but like for us we thought we're on the strip of gaza we know this place is very sensitive but nobody thought that it would be that sensitive Okay, so when the missile started, we just looked at each other. We saw a lot of terrified faces. Some of the people took it really bad. I'm saying my side of the story, okay? 
because there I have a friend who just had a panic attack when all of it started to happen and she just lied on the ground and started shouting that someone is coming to kill her or I don't know okay there's a lot of new new comments like everybody just reacted differently to this thing okay I'm I'm telling how I reacted because right. I was not that terrified as I thought and we thought that it's gonna end and the party is gonna keep going like everybody's just you know drinking having fun nobody thinks about those kind of things especially not a party okay so when the missile started like when you you need to get down on the ground and lay down you need to if you have a place to go we call the like a, a safe place we call it the mamad uh, you need to get there you had a mikuniot yeah it's a bomb shelter and you have it like all over the strip of gaza you have tons of them because it's a very sensitive place that a lot of missiles launch there so when we were at the party we didn't thought about going to a bomb shelter we just slide on the ground we were in the open field we're at a party in an open open space so the first instinct the first things that we need that we knew that we needed to do is to lie down on the ground and when we lie down on the ground then someone comes in and says in on the microphones uh, just to telling everybody to get out as quick as they can as fast as they can just to run, run from the party take the cars everything just go don't just go i don't know how to say it it was very stressful but also in that time we were we weren't that stressed as we thought okay because we had like we thought we have all those things that we bought all the mattresses the pillows the water the the, the thermocons everything we needed to bring them bring it back home and my friends and I, we, we had the bus. We didn't have any cars that we can just drove off, okay? So me and one of my friends just went back to our place to, to pick up whatever we can. We brought it out. All my friends were at the bus. We all just been in some place outside of the party. We just waited to see if any, anything happened. And we see tons of missiles. And we thought, okay, it's not normal. Usually, it's not normal. Something is happening and we don't know what it is. But, like, nobody thought about there is a, a leak of suiciders, terrorists, the suicidal terrorists that are coming inside of Israel. We didn't knew that. Okay? Nobody knew that. And we were outside of the party and we just thought of a way we can get out. We, I, I told my friends... Let's just wait for the bus to arrive. I didn't realize that there is no entrance to the place. Just people wanted to get out. So we didn't get out very quick. We just waited there to see what's happened. And then one of my friends just told everybody, let's just pick up some driver. Whoever going to the center, just go with them. Just to get out of this place. Okay? And then... All of my friends, we got separated. We were like in groups of three or two or four. And everybody who just found a car that going into the center to Tel Aviv or something, just humped on, 
go with them. Okay. And me and my two friends were the last one who went on the, on the, on the car with two people that we don't know. We don't know them. They just, we told, we asked them, where are you going? They told us they're going to Tel Aviv and we told them, okay, we can maybe join you guys. Just take us to the center and we'll manage from there. So we started driving. We just wanted to get out of the, of the, of the, the place of the party. And we started to get in out and there, there was a high road. It called 232. It's the main high road of what happened during all the, this attack. Uh, we wanted to continue left, to go left out of the party, out of the road of the party to go on the high road, go left to towards Tel Aviv. And there was a security guy there just moving everybody to the right. And he's telling us, you can't go there because something is happening. You can't go there, just drive from the right. So we started driving from the right, okay? We, it's not our direction to our home. It's like the opposite direction. And we started driving and then our car just stopped. There was a huge traffic, a huge, like in two line, two line, like two cars in each line. There were five cars in all the lines. Everybody just went over each other. Nobody just couldn't move with their cars. An ambulance wanted to go through. He couldn't because there was no way out. We just got stuck with the cars on the high road. Nobody knew what's happening. I remember me and my friend just looking at each other. And we like, I already texted my mom that everything is okay. I'm on my way back home. I didn't realize that I couldn't get out of there. So at the time we went, we jumped from the car. We just wanted to get out. We told uh, those guys that I really don't know what's, what's happened to them. I told them, thank you. And I think we're gonna go towards the fields because we started seeing everybody just going towards the fields at that time. Yeah, we got out of the car. And at that time, we just started to see everybody just running away, but still not that panic as you expected, okay? It was like, people are pretty chilled, smoking cigarettes, everybody just walking towards the field, everybody just started work, walking. Some people that were, I don't know what happened to them, maybe they freaked out a bit, so they started running and stuff, and nobody knew where to go. So at the time we were in the traffic, we got out of the car, and then we started to hear a lot of shooting, a lot of shooting, like something that I haven't heard before, never. And uh, we started to hear the shooting come a bit closer to us. It was pretty far away and we started to get to hear it much, much and much stronger. And, and at that time, were running or away from it? No, we're walking away from it. And at that time we just wanted like we wanted to believe that this is our army we told each other okay great the army is coming now the police something is happening they're catching the bad guys they're catching the terrorists like we honestly believed that we're safe that we're okay we're gonna get out of there we just i i remember i just told my friend this is a party i will never forget we didn't realize how much i wouldn't forget that party because at that time, 
when we started to hear the shooting, we just told ourselves, okay, let's not go towards the shooting. Let's go run away from it. So we just went the opposite direction. I saw so many friends, so many people that I know were in that lane towards the field. And it's like an open field and you see something like 400 people just walking away, running away from the shooting. And then I remember I saw I saw two of my friends. They live in uh, near Be'er Sheva. It's pretty in the south. Okay. It's far from Petah Tikva. It's like one hour away from me. And uh, me and my friends, we just looked at each other, me and my two friends, and we don't know where our other friends because they went on another ride. So each and everyone just got separated. And then we saw those two friends who were living near Be'er Sheva. And they told us, come with us. I arrange a minivan. Let's just get in and come to us. Come to our home. We don't care. Let's just get the f- just get out of here, okay? And then uh, we, at the start, at the beginning, we told ourselves, like, what, why should we go with them? Like, how we can, how can we get back from Belsheva to our home? It's like, why, why, why would we do it? Why should we do it? It's, it's, it doesn't seem right because we told ourselves, it's okay. We need a ride home right now. We don't know. We need to escape from this place. So I think well, exactly on your like survivor mode, trying to just get home. You didn't think I it was think that bad. Blink, I think in a blink of an eye, we just, I don't know how we decided to go with our friends. We went on the bus and then I remember we started going to the other side. We were in a field. There is no, like, uh, there is no sign to a road nowhere to go it's like you're running in a field and not a another smooth or clear way it's a bumpy ride and you can't drove like over 30 kilometer per hour okay so we started driving to the opposite direction and then we saw all the cars were the lane just doing a u-turn so we thought okay if they're doing a u-turn we need to do a u-turn too so we did a U-turn too, to go back to the high road, to the 232 high road. And then this is the moment we kind of freaked out because we started seeing something like 500 people when we did the U-turn just coming towards us, just coming to the way that we're going to drive right now. And they everybody just like, came I put running like, like living ducks. We were like... Like a herd of sheep, I can't explain you how awful it was when you're seeing 500 people, young people, just running and they don't know where, where, what they're running from because nobody knew what's happened in that moment. So we decided to, again, do a U-turn again because we saw everybody running towards us. So we started driving away from there. And at that time, I remember we just picked some people that we saw there. Everybody we could get, we got them on the car. Okay. And that's where the part, I think I really started to begin realizing that I'm in a like a life situation between death and life situation. Because when we took some people with us, there were three guys like 
two girls, one guy that humped on the ride on the minivan. And one girl was got shot in her, in her butt. One man like, got shot in his uh, belly. They were all blood and they were in the minivan on your way back. Yeah, we just pick them up because we saw them running and we just told them, get in, get in, let's take you somewhere. And the third one, she didn't got hurt physically, but she had she's she's been having like a panic attack, but a real bad one, anxiety that I haven't seen in my life. She just cried and started mumbling and nobody knew what's happened to her. And like she was in a very, you know, complex situation. So we didn't want it to to tell her to tell us what happened. And, you know, we just wanted to give her a break for a second. And then we started hearing the gunshots whistling in our, in our ears. We started to see people running away and you just can't put too many people in the van because we didn't have any place. So we just decided to go. The driver was amazing. He just, he didn't see forward. He just went through everybody starting to to put gas like to drive crazy and i remember we got on a on a high road a different high road i don't know which one is it but actually and then i remember the the one girl that had the panic attack okay she just started to mumble that her best friend and her boyfriend got shot they just had to leave them in the bus they were in and just ran away from them. So she knew her her friends were died and she just had to leave them there and move on to survive. And at that moment, I realized that something is not good to say the least. We started driving, we heard the we heard the whistling of the gun shoots. It was so unbelievable. And in that time, I'm not talking about the missile that we hear bombing above us. So we have the missiles above us. So you don't know what to do. A lot of people went to a bomb shelters, which was not the great decision by the time because all the people who got inside, I have friends who went to a bomb shelter and they just threw bombs inside the bomb shelter, all the terrorists and just got inside and started shooting everyone. And at that time when she told me that she left her friends and I was in the minivan and everybody was so stressed out, we were terrified for our lives. We we couldn't imagine that something like this is happening. We told like, where is everybody? Where, what can we do? What can we do? Like we just, I remember we, we got down because we didn't want to be near the windows. So everybody was just like this, getting as down as they can be. And everybody's screaming inside the minivan and everybody's stressed out. We just couldn't look up. We couldn't look on the high road. We couldn't look about anything. The driver, we just shouted at him, just go, just go. Drive, drive as fast as you can. And we told the people who got shot, we told them we will take him to a hospital. 
but the nearest hospital is Barzilai and he got hit by a missile. So we're talking to the police, we're talking to 911 and stuff, and nobody, nobody could tell us what to do. Nobody. Everybody was in shock. Like the whole system got down. I'm, we're calling the police and they're telling us to, like, we have nothing to do. We're sorry. Just run for your life. Save yourself. Do whatever you can. Just go away from the party. And I remember we, when we drive, we just passed. I think uh, it was a big field. We saw on the side of the road, we were like 120 kilometer per hour. And we drove. And I remember me just like, you know, putting myself up, stretching. I don't know what, what I did. And I just looked to my left. And I went like in this direction, I was going like forward and I see one kilometer away from me, seven terrorists with guns running towards the party, like the opposite way from me. And at that time, I just got down again. I was freaked out. We went straight to Beresheba. We wanted to go to go to Soroka, to maybe an hospital. We didn't know what to do. And then we saw that on the way there is a base called Felim, like a military base. And we told him, go there, we go to the to the medics in the in the base. Maybe they can help us to help the people. They are hurt pretty bad. And we just I don't know what we saw the kibbutz Elim, not the base, the kibbutz. And in a blink of an eye, just went in, decided to get in. They took us inside the kibbutz. They took us to the, to the, they have a little hospital there, like the kibbutz hospital. They took us there. They, we went in, they treated them. And then we started to hear alarms that we didn't hear at all. We just hear all the bombings. We all, we hear all the whistle. We hear a gunshot, but we didn't hear the alarm. And when we got in the, in the clinic, we we had an alarm. We just went to a bomb shelter inside the clinic. And right after that, they took us some police officers and people from the people who are protecting the kibbutz from the kibbutz, like inside of the kibbutz. They're taking us to the dining room of the kibbutz. And they just, we were like, I think 300 people who went away, got away successfully from the party and came there we just sit it inside of a big hole and everybody were freaked out people started crying people started like to to you know realize what what have happened and at that time all my family all my friends everybody just started calling me crazy where are you are you okay what you doing how are you doing everything just wanted to make sure that i'm alive and i'm okay even my mom couldn't realize how big this thing this thing was so i didn't have any battery on my phone i have like 10 percent, 15 percent, something like that so i just wanted to make sure i will have enough until I, like, we didn't know how many how much time we're gonna be there so i wanted to to pre preserve my my battery and and I remember when we were there the people of the kibbutz were amazing they just treated us 
amazing. They brought us food, they brought us water, they brought us to people's cigarettes, they brought us chargers, they brought us mattresses, and we just stay inside the hall of the dining room. Everybody just, I remember the pressure that we had, like we were, we were safe. We felt a bit safe, but all of my friends are still running away from something. I have a lot of friends that just ran in, uh, inside the fields for something like five or six hours, running something like 20 kilometers, 15 kilometers, which is pretty absurd, running inside fields, hiding inside bushes, hiding like underneath, under, beneath rocks. It's, it was the most horrific feeling I ever, I've ever felt because they are my best friend. They are not answering me. And some of them are telling me stuff like we're in a greenhouse. We hear them. We hear terrorists. We hear Arabic. We hear the whistles of the gunshot. I can't talk to you. Bye. And just handing the phone up and like you're not knowing what what's going to happen. You don't know. And when I was there, they published in the media the people who were inside of the kibbutz because we, we were safe. They wanted to, to let people know that we are safe. And uh, just to interrupt one second, for those that don't know what a kibbutz is, you know, it's essentially it's a settlement. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a settlement. A group of people who just came together and built a kibbutz. It's like a settlement. It's I think it's only happened in in Israel here, and they are all lived together. They do their own thing. They yeah. are they're able to provide all the resources for their village, and so you guys essentially found this. and And what was the name of this kibbutz? Selim. Was this kibbutz at all threatened by the terrorists? Um, no. And because we were a lot of from the party, we were like, I told you something like 300 people from the party. Um, they got the kibbutz, a lot of officers and soldiers to surround the kibbutz. And we felt pretty safe because they knew there's a lot of civilians from the party. So they brought a lot of... There were several kibbutzes that were attacked that we've been hearing about. And that was... Kibbutz Berry and and a few others, right? I remember we 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 were in a you know in a road that split to go in this direction or in this direction. I'm so glad that we got to do, go in this direction in Kibbutz Elim because the other direction was Kibbutz Berry, Kibbutz Reim, uh, the bases. Uh, there is a place called Kfar Aza. Um, so many Kisufim, Niroz, Nachalos, so many. And I know a lot of people who went there, went to a bomb shelters inside Beri, inside Reim, and they are not with us today. So I think, I, I, I know, I'm not thinking the places, the kibbutz, the settlements, the villages were really near the Gaza Strip, all got hit, got kidnapped, got burned alive. All of them just been through the most horrific thing they could get, they could possibly have gotten through. And uh, Kibbutz Alim is pretty, it's not that far away, but in, uh, when you're uh, comparing to, 
to the other kibbutz, it's pretty far away. It's like 30 minutes from the street. So when we decided, when we got there, and uh, I remember they put in us all the, all the numbers and the names of everyone and their ideas. And I just, this is the thing that just really got to me, I think, the most. Um, I got tons of calls and cell phone and messages from people who only want to know where are their loved ones and their dear one. And I just couldn't answer them. I just, you know, I pick up the phone and I'm just telling them, I really don't know. I really, really don't know. Everybody just went to other direction. Nobody knew where to go. Nobody knew what to do. Nobody knew anything. Like, and I don't know where, what to tell you. Like, there was a mom calling me and telling me, where's my son? And actually, I knew her son. He was when... Like the place that we put the mattresses and stuff, we had our spot, like one spot from me, near me, like the one is right next to me. He was this, this guy. Okay. And his mom just called me and asked me, where is he? Where is he? Maybe we heard about him. And I actually signed in the party. I was with him, but I really don't know what to tell you i haven't seen him since the beginning of all of this so there is a lot of people and they started a war room inside of the kibbutz for all the missing people and we just started to put tons of names that we know and everybody sent us names telling us check what it, what with them what with them and they just they had a list and i remember when i when I saw uh, in the list, I put a name, okay, and then I saw one of my friend's name, her name is Gaia, and I saw her name there, and I didn't even knew she was at the party, so I started calling her crazy, and she hasn't answered me at all, so I thought, Maybe she's with her best friend, and I know her too. And she's also what she's also a good friend of mine. So I started to call there to call her too, and both of them weren't answering any of my phone calls. And me, like I felt something bad is gonna happen to her. And she actually found that five days later, and the other friend, not Gaia Omi. They're telling that she kidnapped to Gaza and nobody know where she is. I, I don't want to think about what's happening to her. And then we were at the kibbutz and we started to see a lot of videos going through social media, like of what happened, of what happens at the party. And we just realized that we, we had a miracle that we got out of there pretty fast, but like only in the evening we were there like for nine hours i think in the kibbutz we started to take rides they told us that there is a freeway that they searched all the paths and you can go only on this road so everybody from the kibbutz like everybody who got stuck there just went through the this this lane got out to the central i remember me and my two friends were with me we were in the car and we just got to near tel aviv 
when we had a, a, a ride there and one of, uh, and my uh, friend parents came to pick us from the spot we came there and then I remember the radio was on and we heard that there is 100 murders people from the party and I remember all three of us just started crying realizing how many people died let's not talk about for now we have like i think 15 1500 or 1600 something like that and there are tons of still missing persons and tons of kidnapped persons kids not person kids babies elderly people who just wanted to celebrate love and freedom friends I have friends who got murdered, who got kidnapped, who got brutally, I don't know, I don't, I can't even think about it. Like torturing them, raping women. It's, it's unbelievable. I think I'm never going to be able to return to myself again after what happened. So, and I'm only, you know what? A miracle I had only a not that much of a story I have friends that been through much more than me so I don't know what to say but we're so we're so lucky and blessed and our family so happy to have you back by this miracle um, unfortunately there are a lot of our friends that cannot say the same and I'm so sorry you went through what you went through I appreciate you sharing some of these stories, your own experience. Is there any experiences that you're willing and able to share of some of those individuals who may have not had an easy, you know, I mean, your journey was not easy at by all means, but maybe a little bit tougher that you could share of how they survived and what they witnessed. Is there anything that else you want to share from other perspectives of your friends? I have friends that just you know i won't say their names but i'm willing to tell their stories and they're willing to tell their stories and they are telling their stories i've heard tons of horrific scenarios and stuff but i think the one that really really got me i have a friend where inside of a bomb shelter with his two best friends it just they threw a a grenade inside of the bomb shelter they threw it in they came in the terrorist took his best friend kidnapped him left them there they thought they were dead and like one and a half hour later they came back they threw more grenade inside of the bomb shelter it was just him and his other best friend and they just came in he pretended to be dead because he thought it would save his life. And I'm telling you it to you much easier than it was, but even for me, it's hard to explain what, what really happened there because it's so unimaginable. And the, the tourist got in after they threw it, the grenade, and the, he heard his friend's voice and he just heard a gunshot. And his friends was dead after it. He managed to survive. He survived six grenades. 
And later, like one week, week and a half later, they found the, the kidnapped friend of him, found dad. They found his body like near the Gaza Strip. And he's right now in, uh, he's doing pretty good, but uh, you know, he's hurt a lot. He got uh, a lot of surgeries. He's in uh, rehab right now. Wow. The, Pray that he gets a little sooner. Sorry. That's terrifying. And I'm sure you have several more. I know it's not easy to to explain and, and share some of these. And, you know, to the extent it's too difficult, we un- we understand or thank you for sharing. So, so if I may, or fast forward, we're a few weeks after these terrifying events. How have you been coping? How has your journey to recovery been? What are you guys doing what are you guys doing? What is, are there any organizations helping you? What's happening right now? Actually, it's very important to say that the people, I'm not talking the government, I'm not talking about anything, the aid of anything, the people inside our country doing the best they can to help us people. Um, they put up uh, a lot of safe places to like with a lot of uh, therapists and medical advisors and like music treatments, sound healing, a lot of workshops like inside of places that for only for the survivors of the of the party. And everybody's going there. We're just going together with our friends. We see a lot of our friends there. We just, you know, sitting all together. It's a non-judgmental environment. Like, you know, everybody is so worried about us. My family, my other friends who weren't at the party. Everybody is so worried. But for us, we just, we don't know what to do because we, we, I think most of us are not even realizing what happened. It's so hard to, di- to digest it. Everybody is like lost. And uh, we got a aid from the government. We got a free therapist that can take us for 12, uh, 12 meetings and uh, maybe afterwards to keep it going. Um, a lot of people are calling us asking if we need help. And they got our names from the party registers. And like, I think I understand that I need to continue my life right now. But I can tell you the first, like up until now, the main, the main thing that I was focused on is just the sorrow, the sadness. I've lost a lot of my friends. And I knew so many people who are not with us today. And it's like, how can you move on with your life? But I know you need to do it. Everybody knows they need to do it. We have to do it. And it's pretty, you know, it's pretty messed up that we see a lot of what's happened, like social media, where this generation of the social media, you know, TikTok, Instagram, everything just to see all the hatred, like after all we've been through, I'm, I I still need to fear in all around the world, like people are not understanding what we've been through. Like it wasn't a lie, it wasn't 
an illusion. It wasn't a fake news. I was there. I saw it. I felt it. I felt the fear. I felt like the the fear of me not returning to my family. I felt I felt the 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 fear of like of me being killed. I just heard whistles of gunshots like inside my ears. It's so unimaginable. We're not in I'm not a, a war man, like I'm a man of peace. I think most of the people who were at the party are like this. So like from the taking your source of a lot of people happiness, the parties, the the outgoing, the people. So just take it and now referring it to terrorism, to sadness, to horrible action. So I think we need a lot of time to process it. Talk about it, heal it. It will take time, but I hope it will happen. And uh, for me right now, I think it's pretty hard to go back to usual. You know, started uh, like I started working, trying to work, to put myself out there, speaking with people, meeting a lot of my friends, but still something inside your heart that is incomplete. Yes. And it's totally understandable, or uh, I think what you went through is something way, way, way out of the ordinary that no human should have to experience. You were at a party celebrating freedom, and you were attacked. And um, to go through something like that and uh, come out with no bruises is almost impossible. So one one thing's for sure, I admire you, and I, and I truly truly value and uh, appreciate your courage that you have to come and and speak about what you went through and what your friends went through i promise there there will be better days right now you know the country so so for those who don't know i i actually arrived in israel the day of this craziness and uh, you know coming into israel i w- i was concerned about the country politically because i know there is a lot of civil unrest. There is, there was a lot of issues, and there continues to be a lot of issues between the citizens of Israel um, for various reasons that we don't want to get through right now. Because candidly, they're irrelevant right now because of what's happening right now. We're in war, but since that day, um, I've never seen of all the times I visited this country, being born there and coming, coming and visiting my family, you and and the rest of my family. I, I've never seen a greater sense of unity. And, uh, you know, I commend our people. And like you said, and you specifically outline people whenever you're thinking about the response of what the country is doing. The people are so united. The things I've seen, they've opened the doors of their homes to people that had to be evacuated from the South because they're, they're at much greater risk of being at war. And now even at the North, the country is opening their doors to their people to find safety. It's it's a beautiful thing. Um, I'm I'm confident that the country will prevail. There is a long journey ahead, and I know or that this is not exactly the right environment for you to find your peace. You're still at war. It's not over. I'm sure. Um, you know. I and and for our audience to know, how often are you dealing with sirens right now? It's coming on the daily for you guys, right? Yeah, I can say it's very stressful. I think almost everybody I know, even those who weren't at the party, like 
each and every one of us are pretty scared of what's going to happen when you hear all those alarms and all those bombing, all the missiles, you see it, you feel in it, houses are destroyed. For me, I can tell you whenever it got to me like, <coughs> sorry, it got to me like several times that I was in a place, not even my own. And I just needed to run to a bomb shelter or a safer place. And I just had so many panic, panic attacks and for the last month. Like, even when you realize that you're in a safe place, the feeling of, like, the bombing means that terrorists are coming to attack us. And, like, every sound of gunshot just telling you that People are go go coming for you. Like I think the sense of uh, of security is hurt badly for all of us. Not just because our country, because this is so so unhuman thing to do. What they have done there, like beside the bombing, like the missiles, everything. We're at war. There is casualties. We know it, but like. The hun I just can't imagine like sending pictures of a dead body from the phone to their families. The terrorists did it, like things like that, that it's just makes you wanna, you know, I don't know, feel miserable. And nobody can understand that beside those who are living here right now. I think everybody got hurt in from that party and from the raid of the of the villages around the Gaza Strip, there is nobody in Israel right now who is not in pain, and he didn't lose someone he loved or or knew someone that knew someone. Uh, and for our parents, you know, just they're seeing us like horrified of what's happening and having panic attacks, like each and every day and nobody knows what to do nobody i hope to, uh, that we will find one day not to be like not to live in this so so un unnormalized situation that we're in right now because living in fear of bombing the sound of, of alarms like considering having a house requires a bomb shelter and if you don't have a bomb shelter in your house his value is much lower so it's uh, it's yeah. unreal it's crazy how that's that's become normalized and uh, yeah yeah or I, I i truly we truly pray that you and all the country finds their peace they know it's a very difficult time and uh, we're all here to support and really my intention here for you, thanks again for joining. Intention is to just really share the truth and give you give the world a glimpse of how you, among other Israelis, among other survivors of the festival and the survivors of the October 7th massacre um, by Hamas and the terrorist organization uh, really is affected and we strength, we stand strong with you, Or. I know that there is no greater, more resilient group 
than Israelis. I know you guys will get through this and uh, we support you. And um, we really wish, we really wish that you find your peace very, very soon and that we can all celebrate much needed upcoming celebrations and uh, more better times. Thank you. Thank Hopefully. you. Thank you. Thank you all for joining. Thank you. I appreciate what you're doing here. We love you. I love you too. Thanks now.